Welcome to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD, a fresh perspective on relationships, success, and happiness for high-achieving moms. Hey there, it's Jenny. Welcome back to Rethink Your Rules. This week, we are going to be talking about how you talk to yourself. I'm going to keep this one super practical, lots of examples and specifics on the strategies and tips that I give my clients. And I am hopeful that you will find it as useful as they have. So before I get into that, I do want to share my heck yes and hard pass for this week. So my heck yes is honestly the amazing feedback I have been getting this week from people listening to this podcast and from some of my amazing clients. I just want to say thank you so much to those of you who have reached out and told me that something on the podcast has impacted you or changed things for you. I've had people tell me that they go back and listen to some of the episodes a couple of times and have got more and more value each time they listen to it, which I really appreciate. I've seen a couple of the reviews come through over on Apple podcasts and that's so helpful. And honestly, even some of my clients and you know who you are, but I just so appreciate you taking the time to let me know, Hey, this made a difference for me, or you've really made me feel better or things like that. So please keep that feedback coming and maybe use that also as inspiration. Even if you don't send me feedback, you know, send it to someone else that has really impacted you because those of us who are creators uh, and putting this stuff out there in the world, it's not easy and it can be discouraging at times (laughs) to, you know, sometimes you don't know if it's hitting home with anybody. And for me, you know, I've, I've alluded to this. I've had a really tough personal season and I haven't gone into details because a lot of it does involve other people. And of course I want to respect their privacy. And of course, as a physician, a lot of things that happen in my life are not things I can share openly all the time. But, um, with all that going on behind the scenes, it just really means so much when people take time out of their busy, stressful lives to say something supportive and to let me know what it's meant to them that I put these things out here. So I encourage you to do the same thing to someone in your life, someone that you think may need to hear it. You never know what people are going through on the other side and what impact it may have. My hard pass for this week is that I am choosing not to stress about the future. I may have talked about this before in relation to things with my kids or things like that, but in this case, I'm thinking about financial uncertainty in the future. And I see so much in the news and you know, socially with people stressing about the recession and the stock market and, you know, housing prices and inflation. And I'm not saying that we should put our heads in the sand and ignore all that, but sometimes I think that it sort of takes on a life of its own where we're worrying about the future so much and we sort of lose sight of what's actually going on in real time right now. Like for example, a lot of people are so stressed about the future and the finances and everything, but then they're also like having plenty of money to be very secure in their homes and they have a really great job and they have, you know, retirement funds and they have college funds for their kids and they're taking really amazing trips. And so I think sometimes we have to take a step back and be like, yes, there's a lot of things that could be uncertain or scary in the future and they may or may not go that way, but we don't know what the future holds. And honestly, these people in the news and these people predicting stock markets and, you know, all the things like they don't know either, (laughs) right? No one knows the future. There's always uncertain things. If COVID taught us nothing else, it definitely taught taught us that, right? So I just choose actively to put my blinders on and look at what I have in the here and now, what I see is there and not to get myself anxious about the possible future that may be coming. And I really think that honestly, in the case of 
the economy. I see this happen all the time where people spend so much time worrying about the predictions of the economy that the whatever bad thing happens in the economy ends up affecting a huge portion of their life when it maybe only had to affect a smaller portion because they could have just waited to be so stressed out until the time happened. And we also, it's like when we're worrying about the future, we're also thinking about, you know, that we're putting all this emphasis on like the, the choices we make right now are going to change that uncertain future. And even that's not guaranteed, right? Like I could try to adjust how I'm invested and adjust this and adjust that and all the things. And like, I like that might make it better, but it also might not make it better. There's no guarantee even then. Right. And so not that we shouldn't do our best with the information we have available, but just taking that emotional stress and worry out of it and making economic predictions ruin my present, right. Uh, is something I'm just choosing to take a hard pass on. So anyway, uh, let me know if your thoughts on that, if you're worrying about the economy or if you're going to do the same, I'd love to hear. So tonight let's talk about self-talk. I want to point out that we are always talking to ourselves. I mean, and I don't mean to make us all sound crazy. We're not crazy in your brain. You constantly have sentences that are running through, which is how you're speaking to yourself. And most of the time we don't even notice it. And I think it's something like 60,000 thoughts a day, they estimate or something. So you're having all these thoughts and you've been having them your whole life. And so the ones that you have frequently become the things that you believe. And these beliefs that you've thought over and over and never challenged feel so ingrained that they feel like factual truth to your brain. And one of the quickest ways to change your life is to change the way that you're talking to yourself, change those thoughts going through your brain. And we always have that opportunity, but we often forget that's the case. And we often also have so many of these thoughts sort of jumbled around in our brain uh, that we aren't examining or putting onto paper or saying aloud to other people that we don't realize that a lot of them are just not even true or not even helpful. Um, you know, people will sort of have this short hand in their brain. Like I always rub people the wrong way, or maybe I'm just toxic or, you know, I'm, I'm, it was, this came from a book club that I'm in. We read a book where this character, had this thought and said, like, I'm a murderer, I'm a murderer. And then eventually through the story, it came out that the facts were that he didn't actually murder this person, but he was like assigning himself guilt because it was like a downstream effect of something that he did. And someone else heard the story and was like, you're not a murderer, right? But he just had the thought going through his brain all the time. I'm a murderer, I'm a murderer, never examining it, right? And so if we're constantly talking to ourselves and those words that we say to ourselves are becoming beliefs and those beliefs are creating our reality, which is kind of the foundation of coaching. And I'll talk more about that in another episode, but if that's the case, and often those thoughts are maybe slightly untrue or exaggerations or just not helpful, and we're not ever examining them or sharing them, we get in this cycle where our life feels really stuck and we don't know why. And so we can stop that whole cycle by going back to the thoughts and going through this process I'm going to talk about. The other thing about the way you speak to yourself is that for a lot of people, not for everyone, we speak much more nicely to other people than to ourselves, right? So maybe like if our kid's having a hard time or our best friend is having a hard time, we might give them some grace. We might give them a little bit of leeway. We might tell them, oh no, you're doing great. You know, oh, it's okay to feel that way or it's okay to mess up, right? Um, but we're so much more harsh on ourselves. We don't give ourselves that grace. And we almost think it's like a rule that like, we have to be hard on ourselves. Like, otherwise we're like not being in touch with reality or we're being arrogant or whatever the case may be, or we're not going to improve if we don't have this inner critic telling us what we're doing wrong. Uh, I kind of was thinking about this today. It's interesting because, you know, in, in the Bible, there's the golden rule, rule, treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. But 
what about the other side of that? Right? Like what if we treat ourselves the way that we are treating others? What if we talk to ourselves the way we talk to other people? Like, can we sort of give ourselves the benefit there? And I think, you know, this is another example of where a lot of the things that religion and society have taught us, particularly as women, that we need to be doing to be good people, which are very other focused, right? Sort of miss the boat a little bit because they, they miss a step, like treating other people. Like I want to be treated as great, but like first and foremost, like why not treat myself? Like I want to be treated. Right. And, uh, when we go back and do that, then we can do such a better job of helping other people. So the other reason I think this is really important is because, you know, I'm so passionate about helping women improve their relationships at work and at home so they can enjoy their life and they can see success. But the fact is the strategies we use to improve our relationships with other people also are the same strategies that are going to improve our relationship with ourselves. And our relationship with ourselves is really where we can see the most lasting change in relating to other people. And I've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but you know, if I'm having a difficult interaction with my husband and he is giving me, you know, his feelings and his thoughts and whatever, the only way I can deal with those in a centered, grounded, useful, selfless way is if I've already taken care of myself and my own self-identity, my relationship with myself is not dependent on him making me feel good. Right. And so I want to talk about all this because I think we, as women prioritize improving how we show up in the world to other people. We don't prioritize improving how we take care of ourselves and the two are intricately linked and you can't do a good job of showing up in the world for other people, unless you're already doing a good job of having your own back. Right. And self-talk is just one of the most straightforward ways to do that. So the way I want to go through this is I'm going to give you four reflection questions that you can think about and maybe jot down and journal about to start coming up with phrases that you want to use when you're talking to yourself, because the best way to do this is going to be very personal to you and the way that you talk and the way that you think and what works for your brain. So I'll give you those four questions and we'll go through some examples of those. And then at the end, I am going to list off a number of examples of phrases that have worked for me and for my clients and talking to ourselves. So that will give you some ideas to start from. So even if you're not at all sure where to start, you'll be able to grab one of the phrases and kind of borrow one of the phrases that's worked for me and give it a try and see how it works for you. Okay. So first of all, here are the four questions I want you to think about as you're, you're looking at how to improve your self-talk. Number one, how do you talk to other people? How do you talk to your kids? How do you talk to your friends? How do you talk to your coworkers? How do you speak to strangers? You know, people where you want to make a good impression you know, really think about that. And, and I believe we talked about this in the episode I did with my friend Kelly. And a lot of people told me it stuck with them where she thought to herself, like, how would I talk to my son? Okay. And so this is going to be different for everybody. For those of us that have kids, that may be a good example, but some of us are hard on our kids, right? Because we're hard on ourselves. Some of us don't have kids. So another great example is your best friend, like someone that you really, really admire. And this came up for me. I was in a meeting recently and, you know, I said something and I was, I was, tired. I hadn't taken my ADHD meds. I was, you know, post-call all the things. And then like 10 hours later, I realized that what I said was factually inaccurate. And I have a hard time with that kind of thing because it was like, oh my gosh, like I would, I was so embarrassed. And I would have rather someone told me in the meeting, like, Hey Jenny, that's not right. And I would have been like, Oh, you're right. You know, I would have 
corrected myself and they would have all known that I acknowledged it. But now it was so far after the meeting and it wasn't the sort of thing where I could go back and like tell everyone, Hey, I realized that I was wrong yesterday. Sorry. So then I thought, Oh my gosh, has everyone been sitting around all day thinking that I did this, I said this stupid thing that didn't even make sense. And do they think that I don't realize that? And do they think that I think I'm always right? And it was just in my head about it. And I felt like helpless. Like I can't change their opinion of me. And you know, so I'm, I'm letting you into my own neuroses. Right. But, uh, but I kind of stopped myself and I was like, okay, Jenny, if you know, your friend was in that meeting and she had done that, like, and she came to you and said, oh my gosh, I was in this meeting today. And I said this, like, wasn't that so dumb? I can't believe no one told me I was wrong about that or whatever. What would I say to my friend? <laughs> and I was like, well, I'd be like, well, it's okay. Probably no one really noticed. And they all think that you make all these contributions. They probably know you're retired. Like, you know, they probably won't even remember later if it comes up, you know, everyone will know that you're doing the best you can, whatever. And so I thought about how I would have t- talked to a friend. And I realized like I would have never been as hard on my friend as I was on myself about this, about not realizing my mistake earlier and correcting it. And, um, and so I decided, okay, you know what, I'm just going to choose right now to talk to myself. Like I would talk to my friend, like probably not that many people notice, probably they're not going to hold it against you. If they did, you can always come back to that later. And you know, that, you know, you have these things to offer and you know that you did this with good intention and that you could have prepared yourself better. Like, and I just literally coached myself, like I would have coached a friend or one of my clients. So think about that for yourself. Like when your friend comes to you with a problem, something embarrassing, whatever, your kid comes home with a a problem, you know, someone that you really love and care about your spouse, how do you talk to them? And then those phrases that you come up with are ones that you can literally write down and practice on yourself. Number two, how do your biggest fans talk to you? And so I love this one, right? Because I have, as I was saying earlier, I have the benefit of some really amazing people who are my clients who tell me, gosh, this really meant a lot to me. You're really good at this, right? I have some friends. I have a friend where I told her recently that I was diagnosed with ADHD and I was like, oh my gosh, now I understand why all these things are so hard and all these people don't like me. And she was like, what? I can't imagine you having a hard time with anything, (laughs) right? And I was like, oh, what if I just thought of myself the way she does, right? And then I have, uh, I told some some people that I work with, but not super closely, like, oh yeah, you know, people have a hard time working with me and they think I'm not very polite all the time. And one of them looked at me and said, what are you talking about? You're the nicest person. Like, why would anyone say that? <laughs> and I could give you tons and tons of examples, but in the interest of time, I won't. But my point is those people are my biggest fans, right? And they are like, what are you talking about? What? Like, no, you're nice. You're, you know, I can't imagine you having a hard time with anything. You know, my, my husband is great for this. He's my biggest fan, you know, and I'll be like, gosh, like no one likes me because I say the things no one wants to hear. And like all my evaluation should be hundred percent that I'm the nicest, best person. And you know, my husband's like, I mean, what are you talking about? That wouldn't, that wouldn't make you interesting. That wouldn't make you like, he's like people who are contributing things that matter and having a point of view and changing the world. Like they don't have all positive evaluations. If everybody liked you, that would mean that you weren't standing up for anything. Like, I think you're great the way you are. Right. And so I could just choose to adopt some of these things that my biggest fans think about me as what I'm thinking about myself. Right. Rather than sort of the worst possible scenario. Right. And and so you can choose, right. This is your own self-talk. Nobody is hearing you. And so I could choose to start thinking like my biggest fans think of me instead of my, you know, biggest haters. (laughs) 
<laughs> why not? Right. I've only got so much airtime and so much space in my brain. I might as well fill it with something positive and useful, uh, or at least give it equal airtime, right? Because we know our brains have this negative bias. So my brain is going to replay over and over the things my haters say to me, and I'm going to be likely to take the negativity bias and think that those things are true. So even if I can't completely get rid of that and switch to being, you know, my biggest fan hundred percent of the time, can I give equal airtime to what my fans say about me? Okay. So number three is what would someone jealous of you say, or someone maybe like your past self? So I love this one because a lot of us have these amazing lives as high achieving, high achievers and female physicians. We have these beautiful homes and we have this great life and we've worked so hard to achieve it. And yet we're having such a heart. We're like, well, everyone says this about me and I don't have this and I don't have time and I'm so tired. And you know, I didn't get that promotion and all the things. And and it's so easy to do. And it, of course, our pain and our frustration is part of being human and it's valid and we can allow that to be there. And at the same time, there's someone out there who's jealous of what we have, right? I have a client who was telling me, um, you know, she was really having a hard time with a bunch of things. And she is in a position where she was able to take some time off of work and work from home. And, you know, she's like, I need some self-care. And she was able to rearrange her schedule and do that because she's at a certain point in her career where she has that flexibility. And I was like, well, let's just stop. Cause you know, she was, she was really in a lot of negativity and frustration about it. And, you know, feeling like she wasn't being successful and she was letting people down. And I was like, let's just stop for a minute and notice that like, there's someone out there who's having these same terrible emotions and frustrations with their work and they don't get to rearrange their schedule and take the time off. Right. And, and and she is kind of going there already, even without me prompting her. Right. But so even just in that moment, like she could talk to her. So she'd be like, okay, like this is really hard and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I dislike all this. And it's also pretty great that I have this freedom to do this. Right. And so we have these opportunities to think about what would someone outside of me think? I often think about this like with my medical career, when I have a hard time or I feel like I'm running into roadblocks and I'm feeling like a failure because I'm not the perfect doctor and I'm not, everyone doesn't love me or whatever. And, and the other day I was like, wait a second, like back in the day, I dreamed of getting into med school. I dreamed of being a doctor and what would, what would my past self say right now? She'd be like, Oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You have this beautiful life. You have all this stuff, you know, like, and my past self who was a resident who worked 80 hours a week and, you know, never slept and didn't feel comfortable in her own skin and wasn't taking care good care of herself. Be like, Oh my gosh, like you're healthy, you're active. You've got this beautiful life. You have all this time off. You can travel, right. You're out of debt. Like, so my past self has some pretty awesome things to say about me, but I forget that in the moment. Uh, and so whatever your situation, you know, there's someone out there who has it worse, who may be jealous or is like pining or like trying to achieve what you've achieved. And maybe it's your past self or it's someone else. So can you remember those things and write those things down to talk to yourself and get yourself in a more appreciative frame of mind? And then the fourth thing is what do you wish other people would say to you? So this was really powerful coaching I received because I tend to be a person who goes into a meeting and I have all these ideas and things I want to share. And I want everyone to immediately tell me I'm right. And they agree with me. And I want to convince them of all that. Right. And of course, 
spoiler alert, they don't always agree with me. They don't always tell me I'm right. They don't always give me the response I want. And then I get very frustrated and I get in this sort of convincing energy that's, you know, comes across really strong and maybe like argumentative and people don't like that. And so I was trying to work on this about myself. And this coach asked me, she was like, okay, but like when you're going into this meeting, like, what do you, like, what do you wish that they would say? You know? And I was like, well, I want them to say like, you're right. And we agree with you and da, da, da. And you know, she's like, or like, if you were talking to a friend before you went in there, like, and they were going to encourage you, like, what would you, you know, what do you wish they would tell you to help you feel great about going in or after the meeting, right. When they don't agree with you, like, what do you wish that like when you're thinking about it, like, what do you wish they would have said? Or what do you wish your friend would say when you talked about it? And, you know, I realized like, I want them to say like, I agree with you. That totally makes sense. You really thought this through, you know, whatever. And then she was like, well, you could say that to yourself before you go in there. You could literally be like, you know, Jenny, I agree with you. Or, or you can tell yourself like, they agree with me. They just don't know it yet. Right. Or another one is like, you know, I have this feeling like people don't have my back. Uh, and it's probably, you know, all my therapy and all the reasons why, and, you know, never having felt like I was good enough for my parents and all that stuff. But, um, I can give that to myself, right? I wish that my parents had been parents who said like, you're smart, you're amazing, you're wonderful, just as you are. You can never do anything that's, you know, not good enough. All stuff. They didn't say those things to me. Right. And so I can say them to myself now though. And so when I go into that meeting, I can go in and say like, okay, Jenny, like, I got you. I'm on your side. I got your back. There's nothing you can do that, you know, will make me think that you failed here or whatever. Right. Like, so think of those things that you wish others would say to you. And I I really like this one too, because, you know, you may not feel like some of these others that I mentioned related to you may like, well, I don't have kids. I don't have, um, you know, biggest fans to rely on what they're saying about me. I don't feel like anyone's jealous of me. Like you could be so deep in negativity in your brain that like, you can't see any of those things there. Right. Which is totally fine. Like we all have different experiences, but anybody can say, okay, what do I wish other people were saying to me right now? What do I wish I had? And, and I'm telling you, I know it sounds cheesy, but it works to give it to yourself. It really does because you are talking to yourself anyway. Like you're not crazy. That's just what people do. So you might as well take control of the things that you are saying to yourself. So those are the four questions I really want you to think about. I recommend you write them down and actually journal this out and then also come back to it in different scenarios. Like when you notice something that someone says or a thought that someone offers you that really feels good, like remember it so that you can practice it and start giving it that equal airtime and teaching your brain to repeat that over and over. Um, And then the last thing I want to point out, this is not an additional question, but just as you're going through that process, I also want you to do a check on the thoughts that you write down because it's one thing to be like, oh, I wish people would tell me I'm the smartest person in the room and like, I never make any mistakes. Right. But like, is that believable to your brain? Because if the thought that you come up with is not believable, it won't stick and it won't create the change that you want because the thought has to be believable so that you can emotionally attach to it and then it will create your life that you want. Right. So, so after you do this process of going through those four questions, go back and check, like, is this believable? And it's okay. If it's not believable, it's a starting point. And I'll tell you about that in a second, but really ask yourself, does this feel equally believable to the negativity that I have? Right. And then if it's not quite believable yet, there are things you can do. And this is where you, you grow the thought. So instead of I'm always right, or, you know, something like that could be like, you can add these words, like maybe I'm right. And they just don't see it yet. Right. So is that believable? Probably right. It's possible. I'm right. It's possible no one noticed that I said that. So some of the examples are to turn it into a question. So what if, and then add on the thought that you're trying to get yourself to believe, or 
it's possible, or maybe, maybe I'm good at this. Maybe I can become more efficient. Another example would be I'm considering, (laughs) and then add on this thought you're trying to get to, right? Or I'm becoming a person who, right? So, so those are just some examples, but you can do these things to make a thought that sounds totally crazy, slightly less crazy, right? And you're kind of training your brain to think about it in that way. Okay. So those are my tips for coming up with your own thoughts. And then I'm just going to give you a bunch of examples right now of things that you can think. And I, I want to point out, you'll notice this, but if you listen back to my previous episodes, there's a lot of thoughts I've offered you to think about other people and phrases that I've suggested you could even say to other people, like your kids when they're upset or your spouse when they're frustrated. And the crazy part is you can just go right ahead and say and think all those same things about yourself, right? So you can talk to yourself using the same phrases that you would use for another person. And it's actually probably even more powerful when you do it for yourself, because you have a relationship with yourself, just like you have a relationship with other people. And cultivating that relationship to be healthy is actually going to spill over into all of your other relationships. And it's going to make you much less vulnerable to self-doubt and criticism and all those things that come in from outside. All right. So anytime on this podcast that I give you some word or phrase that I think might help you relate to other people, you can just go right ahead and practice using that same one for yourself. Okay. Pro tip. Here we go. Some examples are, it makes sense. You feel this way. Just like we say that to our kids when they're upset, you can say that to yourself. Every emotion you have, even if you'd never admit it to anybody else that you're pissed off about something, you can just say to yourself, it makes sense that you're angry. Okay. You can say, I'm glad you brought this up to yourself when your brain gives you a problem or something anxious about. You can say, everyone has something to work on to yourself when you feel like you're not you know, successful, as successful as you want to be or growing as fast as you'd like in some area. You can say to yourself, I'm doing the best I know how, right? Remember we talked about just can believe everyone's doing the best they know how. Well, you're, you're doing the best you know how, period. Give yourself that gift. You can say thank you, right? So when your brain is getting really anxious and your inner critic is like getting fired up and telling you all the things you're doing wrong, you can just be like, thank you. I appreciate you. I hear you. Right? Remember those emotions want to be heard. They want to be acknowledged. They're trying to help you. They're maybe not getting you where you want to go, but they're trying to help you out. And by saying, thank you, I appreciate you. I hear you to that, to that inner critic or to that anxiety. It will call, it will take the tension off that relationship that you have with yourself. You can say to yourself, you're so resilient, right? I've had people say this one to me before and I realized how great it made me feel (laughs) when they noticed that. I was like, I I could say that to myself anytime I want, right? You're brave. You can tell yourself you're right. Kind of like I mentioned before, maybe you want everyone else to believe you're right. Well, you can just tell yourself like you're right, or maybe you're right. You can say to yourself, how can I help? What do you need? And the last one I want to share is one that I recently added (laughs) to my list I came up with it because I had said it to my son and I decided to offer it to myself too. You know, my son was frustrated thinking he was never going to get better at some things he's working hard on and, you know, he was never going to be successful and it was a pretty emotional conversation. And I kind of tapped into my own personal sort of stubbornness and like the fact that I never give up on things that I care about. And I said to him, you know what? 
I don't think so. Not if I have anything to say about it. You'll figure this out. I'm not giving up on you. And after I did that, I I reflected on it. I said, I'm really glad I gave my son that gift and I will keep giving him that gift. I'm not giving up on him even when it seems like he's not going to figure this out. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I could give myself the same gift. And so I added that to my list of self-talk. I'm not giving up on you. And here I am as we speak, you know, still struggling with time management, still struggling with lots of big emotions and feeling like I'm not making the strides I want to make in so many areas and probably letting people down because of all the things that are not perfect about me. And you know what I say to myself, Jenny, I'm not giving up on you. So don't give up on yourself. Try this out. Give yourself the gift of positive self-talk. I don't care if anybody else thinks you're crazy. I promise you it will work. And if you're struggling to come up with it, or you need a little help, even coming up with positive things to say to yourself, some of us are so deep into the inner critic. That's really hard to do. I can tell you it's a little easier with a coach. So, because basically what I'm offering my clients, when I'm meeting with them is like an outside person saying here, I believe in you. Here's a positive thought, like, right. And kind of encouraging their brain to start thinking that way. And while you can do everything I described in this podcast for yourself and you can see amazing results when you have a coach helping you through the process, who's done this for other people and done it for themselves. And they have these thoughts at the ready for you to just grab hold on and keep you accountable that you're actually giving them equal airtime. The way you change is so much more powerful and it happens so much more quickly. So if that's something you want, reach out. As you know, I have free console calls or you can just sign up for a few sessions with me. I would absolutely love to work with you on this. And I'm telling you by Christmas, you can be feeling a million times better just with a few simple actual changes I can help you make. All right. I hope you have an awesome week and I'll be back next time with more good stuff. Thanks for listening to Rethink Your Rules with Jenny Hobbs, MD. Would you like to learn more about how to apply this to your own life through personalized coaching with Jenny? Visit us on the web at jennyhobbsmd.com to schedule a free consultation. If you found value in what you heard today, please consider subscribing to the podcast and giving us a five-star rating so we can reach even more women like you.